Hey everybody, welcome to another Ithaca Bound podcast episode. I'm your host, Andrew Schiestel, joining the show today from Tunisia. And this is the podcast where we explore history and mythology in the Mediterranean basin. Today, Dr. Brent Davis joins the show for a conversation about the Linear A writing system. Dr. Davis is Senior Lecturer in Archaeology and Ancient Egypt, Historical and Philosophical Studies at the University of Melbourne, based in Australia. He is a linguist and archaeologist. His interests include not only the ancient cultures of the Eastern Mediterranean, but their languages and scripts as well. And he's author of the book, Minoan Stone Vessels with Linear A Inscriptions, which was published by Peters Press. And Dr. Davis joins the show today from Australia. Welcome to the show, Brent. Thank you. Great to be here. Great to connect with you today, Brent, and to chat. So to create enough background and context for the conversation, Brent, then we'll obviously work our way into the details. Can you share what the Linear A is? Linear A is the undeciphered, still undeciphered writing system of the Minoan civilization, who uh, were the civilization that lived on the island of Crete in the Aegean Sea uh, from during the Bronze Age from about 3000 BC to uh, about 1450 BC. Okay. Now, when, when someone's referencing Linear A, can you can you describe and, and you, you said it's a it's a, a writing system associated to the Minoans, but can you can you describe what it physically is? So if somebody was some somewhere where this this is, if if it still exists physically, um, what I mean by that, if it hasn't been digitized yet, I presume there's still a there's physical um, aspects of it. Can you describe what 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 it is? Well, it, it's a series of symbols. Uh, that is written just the way we write our alphabet, except that it, this writing system consists of many more letters than our alphabet. Uh, as a matter of fact, it consists of about 85 different signs, um, and they're just written in a line uh, with, uh, you know, in, in the form of words, just like we might use the alphabet, except that in linear A, uh, each individual symbol stands for uh, a syllable, a whole syllable in the language, uh, rather than just one letter. Okay. And I'm going to circle back to some more questions about that to understand what scholars, you mentioned it's not, not deciphered, but I, I'm going to circle back and, and ask some questions about what scholars do know about it or what can be inferred about it at some point. But before we get there, um, when, was, when was it discovered, who discovered it, or the group of people that discovered it, where was it discovered, uh, et cetera. Can you, can you, can you cover, cover that, that background? Sure. Um, Linear A was discovered by uh, a British archaeologist called um, Sir Arthur Evans. He was the person who excavated uh, the Minoan so-called Palace of Knossos in north central Crete, uh, starting in the early 1900s. Um, and uh, as he was excavating this uh, huge complex of buildings there, he discovered clay tablets that contained two different writing systems. And he called the older one Linear A and the newer one Linear B. Uh, linear B has now been deciphered. Uh, it turns out that the Minoan uh, uh, 
using uh, Linear A, uh, their writing system was borrowed by the Mycenaean Greeks uh, once the Greeks uh, be became in charge of, of Crete, about 1450 BCE. Uh, they borrowed the Minoan Linear A writing system and used it to write in Greek. And this adapted writing system is what we refer to as Linear B. Uh, linear B was deciphered back in the 1950s, and as I say, uh, we know now that it was used to write Greek, so we can read it, but Linear A remains undeciphered. So the Linear B was also found on the island of Crete originally? It, yes, they were both found in the same, uh, this same complex of, huge complex of buildings that, that we, we nowadays call the Palace of Knossos. Although we know now that uh, this complex of buildings wasn't actually a palace in the sense of a uh, royal residence. It was more of a huge administrative. I'm going to ask a basic question, and, and, but I want to I ask it. I think it's still important to ask. Um, how do scholars, what, what evidence is there that, that links the, the linear A to the Minoans for scholars? Uh, well, it's um, the writing system that's found in Manila ruins uh, and very few other places. There are a few scattered instances of Linear A being found in surrounding islands, but most, uh, by far, the majority of Linear A has been found on Crete in Manila ruins. So we know that it was the uh, writing system that the Manoans used. And can you expand? You, you, you... Um, touched on the, the 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 corpus earlier. You mentioned the the I, I believe the the alphabet has eighty five. I think you used the term symbol. Please um, bring it up bring it up in your your response as, as necessary. Um, what what was physically what was physically found? Like was there like in terms of um, integer type type numbers? Um, uh, was was there was it on the on walls? Were there clay tablets? How many? Can you can you describe what that corpus is? Yes, it was found predominantly on clay tablets. <clears throat> we know that these tablets were administrative records. We can tell that by looking at them. Uh, they consist of lists of items with a number beside each one. Um, so uh, the reason we know that this, these are administrative tablets is because. Uh, when the Greeks borrowed Linear A and used it to write uh, in Greek, that is, Linear B, uh, and we can read Linear B tablets, they consist also of administrative records, lists of commodities coming in and out of these administrative centers and palaces, um, lists of people, lists of occupations, uh, uh, and, and those sorts of things um, being recorded. So we know they were economic records predominantly, um, being used uh, in the administration of these huge centers. Uh, and the Linear A tablets are in the same format. Even though we can't read them, we can see that they're in the same format. Therefore, they're also administrative records. And these administrative records were, they were not created to necessarily be permanent. They probably were uh, temporary records that were stored for a short period of time, the way you might do with receipts. And the same way as, you know, after a certain period of time, you might throw out old receipts. These clay tablets were probably dumped into a bucket of water and allowed to dissolve back into plain clay and then used to make new tablets. But when these huge administrative centers that we call Minoan palaces 
were destroyed in uh, the mid 15th century BCE. Um, the fires that destroyed these places baked the existing clay tablets into a hard ceramic, which enabled them to survive. So we have um, several hundred of these tablets in Rainier A, found mostly uh, at the what, at the so-called villa of Ayatriata in South Central Crete, where there was a huge archive of these tablets found, and that actually accounts for the majority of the corpus of linear A tablets that we have now. Do scholars get the sense, and this came up in a, a I think the last episode with Professor Louise Hitchcock, a colleague and, and friend of yours, um, about the Mycenaeans at, at some point, um, and I'm paraphrasing, but taking over the island. It, it, they, they, they gained hegemony on that island at, at, some, at some point in the late Bronze Age. Uh, but what's interesting, when we're talking about the A's today, the, Mino the Minoans, um, the writing system associated to the Min Minoans, but the, B the B's were found on uh, Crete as well. So is it, is it, uh, is it thought that the, the, the two had regular relations with each other as a result of, of, of this, um, of this, of this find, or is it that the, it's two different civilizations at, at two different periods of time? Well, they are two different civilizations. The Greeks do appear to have taken control of Crete, but it's, um, it's not at all certain that it was, uh, as you, uh, that it was some sort of invasion as it were, um, because, uh, we find that the Minoans are still there after the Greeks are in control. Uh, the linear B tablets uh, list lots of people with very Greek names, but also, particularly on Crete, particularly at Knossos, uh, they list lots of people with names that are clearly not Greek. So the Minoans were still there. Uh, they were coexisting. So the, um, the change from Minoan ownership of the island to Mycenaean Greek ownership is uh, it used to be thought that it was uh, a violent takeover, but nowadays um, we don't know uh, a B because there is not firm evidence for that. Also, uh, the Greeks, as I, as I mentioned, borrowed Linear A and used it, customized it to write in Greek. And this um, suggests an intermingling of the two people and the fact that they were working together in some aspects. Uh, so, um, yeah, uh, the Mycenaean Greeks are a different people from the Minoans. The Mycenaean Greeks are an Indo-European people. The Minoans are not. So they, they appear to have been a pre-Indo-European people. They were there before the Indo-Europeans came to Europe. Uh, so they were two completely different cultures, but um, they share a writing system. Uh, on that point then, so linear B is that does do most scholars um, associate that with the Indo-European family for, for languages? And when it comes to A, is that is that in a different language, or, not, or rather not language, it obviously is, but a different uh, uh, family? And, um, and is enough known about it that uh, scholars have labeled it to a particular family, the, the A? Well, uh, Linear B, uh, of course, encodes Greek, and we know that Greek is an Indo-European language, uh, but Minoan appears to be constructed quite differently. 
there have been all kinds of theories about what language it might be, what language family it might belong to. There is no firm evidence for identifying the actual language behind Linear A. But again, we can tell that Linear A codes a language that was quite different from Greek, from Indo-European languages. How can we tell that? Because the Greeks, the Mycenaean Greeks, borrowed the Linear B symbols to encode the same sounds as they did in the Minoan language. So, for example, we can read a Linear B tablet out loud, and what comes out is a very ancient form of Greek. Okay. But because the symbols are pronounced the same way as they were in Linear A, we can also read out loud a Linear A tablet. But what comes out is a language that no one's ever heard before, and it's clearly not an Indo-European language. It's constructed very differently. Interesting. Has it been confidently associated? So, although it hasn't been deciphered, has it been confidently associated to another language? It's not been, and it's not been confidently associated with any known language family either. Okay. Okay. A book is that Linear A does not appear to be part of the Indo-European language family and also does not appear to be part of what we call the Afro-Asiatic language family, which is the language family that includes Semitic languages. So it appears to be a member of some language family, some unknown language family, that predates the arrival of the Indo-Europeans in Europe, which makes it a language, what we call a language isolate, much like, for example, Basque or Etruscan, part of a language family that is ancient and has no other known language associated with it. Okay. Interesting, Brent. Back to the clay tablets you'd mentioned, it's believed they were being used for records, at least one of the utilities. So is it, so I want to clarify, so is it the clay tablet itself that scholars believe was the document that was used for record keeping, whether it be like a ledger, like some kind of tracking for transactions? Is that what's believed? It's actually the clay tablet itself is the document? Yes. These clay tablets were clearly administrative documents. That's not to say that the Minoans didn't write on other things. They may very well have kept records on papyrus, on leather, perishable materials that no longer survive. So the clay tablets are the only thing we have left. Also, another important thing about Linear A is that unlike Linear B, which is used only for administrative records, it's not used for anything else. The Minoans used Linear A for religious purposes. They inscribed, for example, stone offering bowls with Linear A and left them at Minoan shrines as offerings. So we have a large number of religious inscriptions in Linear A. Okay. But, so it's believed that in those cases that's associated to religion, 
but that's as deep as it gets. Um, the particulars aren't, aren't there for scholars at this point. Um, what do you mean by particulars? Like um, the, the, the forms of worship, um, you know, the uh, pot potential de deities that they believed in, etc. Some of the, those, those details, I understand like Linear B, for instance, there were um, more details about who some of the um, Greek deities were. But so when it comes to the A's, you mentioned, uh, I believe you mentioned that uh, some of it was associated to, to uh, religion uh, for them at, 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 at the time. But that's as far as that item gets, right? That you don't, you don't know, you know, what they were calling de deities and such. That's right. We, we, we can tell that these inscriptions must be religious because they're left on items that are uh, uh, put up as offerings at Minoan shrines. But we, we don't know if they name deities or not because we can't understand the language. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. The the clay tablets with um and there's a, and, and they they've been they've been used. There's there's uh, symbols. What would you when you're talking about the individ like the, the script itself, do you call do you, do you call that uh, do you call that the script? Do you call it symbols? What what's the the term that you usually use when you're identifying the the specific objects that uh, were used for communication? Well, we usually refer to the script as um, because there are different types of scripts. We usually refer to um, this script as a syllabic script because each individual sign stands for a whole syllable rather than just a single sound like in an alphabet. Alphabets usually consist of 25 to 30 different characters. Uh, syllabaries or syllabic scripts like linear A and linear B usually consist of around 80 to 100 different signs, each one standing for a different syllable in the language. Um, that's too many for an alphabet. So we know that it must be a syllabic script, uh, but it's too few for um, a logographic system where you've got individual signs for each individual word, much like um, in, in some senses, Egyptian hieroglyphs that have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of signs. So um, this is a linear A like linear B, it's a syllabic script. Okay. How, what's known about how they got the characters into the clay tablets? They used a stylus of some sort, something sharp, and they simply drew them in the clay. So if you can imagine taking a small pointed stick and, um, and drawing, uh, you know, writing into a piece of clay, writing your name, for example, uh, that's how they did it. It was quite simple. Okay. And how, how, how big physically are these um, tablets? Can you describe approximately what, what they are in size and their approximate weight? The linear A tablets are, well, they're probably maybe eight to 10 inches tall, about uh, four to five inches wide, and shape page, uh, kind of a page-like shape to them. And they were usually inscribed on the front and on the back. Just a flat, oblong piece of clay. Okay. Aside, um, so I wanna go back to the this um, syllabic. So, a lot isn't isn't known about the linear A. Some it seems is. You mentioned that it's believed it's a syllabic script. So how do scholars know that? How if if it's not if it's not deciphered, um, how do scholars know that it uh, uses a syllabic script? 
Well, uh, as I say, linear B borrows the same signs from linear A and uses it to write Greek in syllables. So we can pronounce uh, linear B. And to give you an example of some of the pronunciations of these, um, of these signs in linear B, they consist mainly of a consonant plus a vowel. So for example, da, de, di, do, du, or pa, pe, pi, po, pu, and so on. Uh, and in linear B, we do have these administrative records that often include lists of people's names. I mentioned this before, that in linear B we find lots of Greek names, but also lots of non-Greek names, which presumably are Minoan names, uh, particularly on the linear B tablets from Knossos. And the interesting thing is, uh, a lot of these Minoan names that exist in linear B, we find the same names in linear A on some of the tablets. These same, presumably, Minoan names. So the fact that they're spelled with the same syllables shows us that uh, the Mycenaean Greeks borrowed the linear A symbols but kept their original pronunciations. And that means that because we can read linear B, we can also uh, read it out loud, that is, we can also read linear A tablets out loud. But again, what comes out is gibberish. Is there a century or a, uh, a period of time that these clay tablets that you've been describing uh, very vividly, Brent, um, is, there, is, there, um, is there a century or centuries that they're associated to? Because you'd mentioned, I think in your first response that the Minoans, it's believed that the Minoans were inhabiting the island from around, um, certainly over a millennium, from around 3000 to the 15th century BCE. So in, inside of that range, is it, is it, uh, is it known uh, when, when approximately the, the clay tablets that were found were created? Yes, well, the linear, the linear A tablets that we have, uh, for the most part, um, because of the fact that, as I say, these tablets were recycled. And so what we have is the tablets that existed at the time that these large administrative centers were destroyed. So we have like a snapshot, basically, from the end of Minoan history. So most linear A tablets date to around 1450 BC or so. But we do have some, some inscribed objects and a few inscribed tablets that clearly date to earlier periods because they were found in archeological contexts that are much earlier. But by far the bulk of linear A tablets that we have date to the very end. So when those uh, administrative centers burnt down and fired those tablets into uh, hard ceramic. Okay. You mentioned administrative use, probably religious use. Is there any, any other uses that uh, scholars are confident that what was found was being used for? Those are the only main ones that we know of. I mean, there were, uh, there are some intriguing objects such as items of personal adornment that are also inscribed with linear A. For example, we have an example of a ring inscribed with linear A. We also have some women's hairpins that are inscribed with linear A. Of course, we can't tell uh, what the purpose of these inscriptions was on these items of personal adornment. Maybe they're ritual or religious in some way. Uh, maybe they uh, talk about uh, their owners in some way, or say something about their status 
or uh, or something along those lines. It, it's difficult to tell. So yeah, um, we have some possible examples of uh, linear AV used as perhaps personal inscriptions, the way you might inscribe a ring these days. Uh, but again, it, it, it's impossible to tell exactly given the fact that we can't read the language. And what was it, um, and obviously this, this, show, this episode is not on linear, linear B, the, the show is going to cover linear B at some point, but it's, 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 it's a useful um, topic point for juxtaposition and, and diving into the linear A um, more. What is it about, um, what was it about the linear B that made it decipherable and what, it, and, and then therefore, and, and probably part of that response will allude to the, the A, what is it about the A that's making it more challenging to crack? Well, um, A, the, the way in which linear B was deciphered is quite a complex uh, story. Um, the man who cracked the code was named Michael Ventris. He was a British, if you can believe it, a British architect, not an archaeologist, who became fascinated by this undecided language. Uh, and um, he put his brilliant mind to work on deciphering this language and discovered uh, after a period of some time uh, that it must be encoding some kind of Greek. And he was able to decipher the language. Um, again, the process was quite involved and difficult. Usually when languages are deciphered, we do that by means of what's called a bilingual document where you have the same text being written in the undeciphered script and also in a known language. A good example is the Rosetta Stone where you have one section in Egyptian hieroglyphs, the other section written in Greek, but saying the same thing. So uh, we, you know, the, the people, the person who, uh, who deciphered the ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs uh, was able to read the Greek and therefore he knew uh, already what the Egyptian must be saying and this was a great help. Well, we have no such document with Linear B. There is no document with an inscription in Linear B and then another inscription in some other known language. So Michael Ventris was able, amazing, able to decipher Linear B without the aid of a bilingual document, which is one of the reasons why he's so famous. Uh, linear A, on the other hand, has characteristics that shows that it's nothing like the Greek language. It's very, very different. For example, in Indo-European languages, prefixes are there, but they're not nearly as common as suffixes. If you've ever tried to learn a foreign language belonging to the Indo-European language family, you will know that suffixes are the key to understanding the grammar. Uh, the verb forms, for example, are formed uh, almost entirely by means of suffixes on these words. Um, linear A appears to use prefixes and suffixes with approximately equal abundance. And that is a characteristic that is not present in Indo-European languages. And that's one example of the way in which we can tell that linear A is not an Indo-European language. But until we find exactly what kind of language it is, or identify its language family, it's going to be very difficult to decipher linear A, because uh, the key to deciphering an undecipherable script is discovering what language it's encoded. Okay. And what do you think is the, what's, what do you believe is the, the relevance and importance in modern times to scholars eventually deciphering linear, linear A? 
What, 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 if you were to describe, what do you believe the, the importance of, of that as it relates to um, uh, the, the Minoans? Well, um, we do know from uh, art and from archaeology, from iconography, from uh, various kinds of uh, archaeological evidence that the Mycenaean Greeks borrowed a huge number of characteristics of the Minoan civilization. They borrowed aspects of their religion. They borrowed aspects of their art, of their architecture, uh, of their uh, cooking methods, uh, all kinds of elements of uh, what eventually became classical Greek culture had their origins in the Minoans. So in that sense, uh, you know, although um, these days people tend to think of classical Greece as being at bedrock of Indo-European, of Western, modern Western civilization. Um, the fact is the Minoans really are further down the trail. They, uh, they inspired the Mycenaean Greeks in many of the characteristics of their, their culture. Uh, so in that sense, the Minoans uh, are behind uh, classical Greek culture in a, in a very, in, very important, very significant way. So being able to read the writing system of the Minoans, being able to read their records, perhaps being able to read their religious inscriptions, learn something firsthand about their religion. Um, this is one of the reasons why uh, deciphering Linear A, it really is one of the few remaining holy grails of archeology. span uh, It's something that people have been trying to do for a century now, uh, but it's considered to be very important because the Minoan civilization was extremely important. They, in, in a sense, are what gave a kickstart to what later became classical Greece, Greek civilization. Where do scholars go from here? Is there still regular work being done on this on 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 this topic in terms of deciphering it? Where where um, where where can scholars go go for, go from here? Can you describe the, the more broadly the kinds of, of of work that's being done to try to eventually decipher it? Well, one of the things we really need is more material. Uh, when, Michael, when Michael Ventris deciphered Linear V, he had the equivalent of about 25,000 individual signs worth of records. Um, but currently, the entire corpus of Linear A consists of fewer than 8,000 signs. So it would be great to find another archive so that we have more material. Um, but new Minoan administrative centers are being found all the time. The lab, there have been two new discoveries of these administrative centers in the past decade or two. Uh, and so one of these days, hopefully, we'll stumble across another archive of these linear A tablets, and that will really help us. In the meantime, there are some things that can be discovered by looking at the records we do have. For example, uh, on these stone offering bowls that I mentioned earlier, uh, these religious inscriptions that are carved onto these bowls, they all clearly follow some kind of a standard formula. There are things, there are things that are the same from uh, object to object, and there are things that are different. So for example, um, many of the objects, a large majority of these inscribed religious objects contain uh, the same first three words, and then uh, they contain the different words after that. And then there are place, other places as well where these uh, inscriptions uh, match up with each other. So we can tell that these are all varieties of the same kind of dedicatory formula, maybe. 
Um, so uh, by comparing all of these different, uh, quote, sentences, we don't know if they're sentences or not, but by comparing all of these inscriptions to each other, we can deduce some things about the way in which the language worked or the way in which its grammar was constructed. We can see words receiving the same word receiving different prefixes, different suffixes. Uh, we can make some basic deductions about the possible word order of these languages. In other words, which word in these long inscriptions is most likely to be the verb? Uh, what other ones are likely to be the subject of the sentence, and so on. And we can make some basic deductions about the grammar of linear A um, uh, from these, uh, of the language behind linear A, I should say, from these um, comparisons. And that's important because those deductions, although they don't identify the language itself, they do tell us what kinds of language families it chance belong to. And that's important too, to be able to eliminate various possibilities. So that kind of grammatical work is going on these days. Uh, and this is something I've been particularly involved in in the past number of years, making grammatical deductions about the language behind them. Interesting. So if you're a betting man, Brent, in the next 50 years, is it going to be deciphered? Oh, gosh, I hope so. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if that's a proper bet or not. I mean, look, it depends on all kinds of things. Well, you know, one of the things it depends on is an accident of discovery. Uh, we do need more material. Um, I, I like to think that it will be deciphered in the next 50 years, but I'll tell you what, given the material that we have right now, I'm, I really don't think it's possible to decipher it without more materials. So it really depends on what's found. Now we, you know, archaeologists are turning up one, two, three, four, six, ten uh, Minoan records or clay tablets or inscribed objects every year. So it's slowly trickling in, but it would just take the discovery of one more major archive to really push the thing over the edge, I think. It's been great chatting. Oh, go, yeah, go ahead, Brent. You can finish your thought. Yeah. I just said, so we'll have to see. It just depends on <laughs> what archaeologists find. I mean, it's, uh, it's an unpredictable uh, science. <laughs> it's been great chatting with you today, Brent. Thanks for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. So again, everybody, the book that I mentioned at the start of the episode that Dr. Davis wrote, he's author of Minoan Stone Vessels with Linear A Inscriptions. I'll drop a link to it in the show notes on the IthacaBound.com's associated subpage to this episode. Brent and everybody listening, as always, wishing you a marvelous journey. Bye for now. Hey again, if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast and I wish you a bountiful rest of your day. Bye for now.